If you have your Bibles taken, turn with me to the book of Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm number 20 this evening. Psalm number 20. And I want to speak to you on the subject of defense from the throne. Defense from the throne. Psalm number 20. We're looking at the verses 1 through 9, the entire psalm. Verses 1 through 9. So when you find your place, if you're able, let's stand as we honor the reading of God's word. Psalm number 20. Psalm number 20. Verses 1 through 9. The word of God says, The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. Let's pray. Father, once again, we thank you for your word. And Father, I ask tonight that, Lord, you you give me the unction and the anointing from the Holy Spirit. Lord, the words to say, Lord, to speak life and to speak encouragement, to speak comfort into the lives of the people here. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. Lord, clear our minds of any hindrance that would keep us from focusing on you. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we approach this psalm tonight, I want us to think about something. Have you ever been in trouble? Or when I say trouble, have you ever been in a troublesome time where you needed help where you just needed maybe just someone to listen to you someone to lean on or maybe you actually needed somebody to to be able to to give you something to get you out of this situation that you're in many a times i've been in that situation many a times there's been instances where i've needed help and i've needed somebody to step in and and just give me some type of help and and so i look for somebody that maybe is an expert in the situation or or somebody that has the resources available to give me what i'm needing to get out of the sticky situation that i might be in such would be the case in biblical days troubles would arise And perhaps there would be a time in which the people would be able to go to the king and ask for help. 
They would appeal to that higher authority for help in a situation, for maybe relief on some taxes or for relief from uh, some burdensome person, maybe a legal matter. But they would go to an earthly king or an earthly judge. Let me ask you this. Where would that king or that judge go to to appeal for help? There's got to be some higher authority than the king. And that, of course, those that are saved, we as Christians, recognize that there is a higher authority than what we would call maybe the President of the United States. There is a higher authority than the Supreme Court. That higher authority is not some king of England or some president of the United States. That higher authority is God himself. And so, when we're in really bad times, we must go to the one that is above all. The one that is seated upon his throne, high and lifted up as Isaiah saw him. Above all the kings and all the princes and all the uh, people that rule over uh, certain lands of the earth, there is one higher, and that is the king, that is Jesus Christ. We oftentimes find ourselves in troublesome times, sticky situations, if you will. What must we do? Three things I want us to think about that we should do. When we're in trouble sometimes. Number one, we must pray. That's what we find in our verses 1 through 4 of our text. It says, the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. This is a man that is down to his to his bottom's end. It's a day of trouble for him. There's, there's nowhere left for him to turn. It says, the Lord hear thee in thy day of trouble. Isn't it good to know that we have a God that is concerned with our problems. We have a God that does not turn his back on his people. We have a God that loves us and wants to give us what's best for us. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. He hears us. This, first of all, we see as an encouraging fact that he hears us. What type of trouble are you going through in your life this evening? Are you going through trouble? By the way, I'm reminded every time I think about that, I'm reminded of what I've heard said constantly over and over again in my life. If you're not in a trouble sometime, just wait, you will be. You're either coming out of one, going into one, or you're in one. That's what we have here in our text. The, the psalmist is writing and, and he's praying to God. The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The, the name of the God of Jacob. God hears us. Spiritual trouble. Are you fighting some spiritual battle this evening? Maybe you go home at night and, and you want to uh, open up your Bible and, and read uh, a passage, but there's always something that's pulling you away from the Word of God. Maybe you're wanting to go home and, 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 and you lay in your bed at night and you're wanting to, to just lift up your voice and, and pray because some spiritual uh War is being fought in your life. And that war is oftentimes uh, pulling you apart from your prayer life. 
We go through spiritual troubles in that we might fall into sin. And we might have sin that is pulling us this way and pulling us that way. We're tried and we're tempted on every angle. If that describes you this evening, God will hear you. Cry out to God and He will hear you in your spiritual trouble. What about relationships? Going through some type of relational trouble? Maybe your co-workers have it out for you. Maybe you've got that one co-worker that always is on the same pay scale as you but just thinks he's a supervisor and watches every little thing that you do and or someone else does and, and they're always trying to get one over on you. Relational trouble. Maybe it's a friend that uh, you, you've had a falling out. A spouse, a husband, or a wife. Maybe you're, you're, you're battling it out and you're, you're, your relationship isn't what it should be. Where do you turn? Where do you turn to when, when your relationships are, are not with the way that they should? You turn to Dr. Phil and Oprah? Those just make it worse. You turn to the talk shows to for for help in situations. You, you call up the radio programs and say, I need help in this. Some people do that. You know what? Some people, when they do that, they fall on their face. Why? Because they're not appealing to the right authority. What was that? There was a doctor on uh, TV uh, years ago. I can't remember his name, but he was always giving relationship advice. Can I say this, that he is not the ultimate authority on any relationship? God is the ultimate authority on relationships. He is a relational God. You're going through health trouble. Your health isn't what it should be. You're, you're, you're slowly declining. Where do you turn to for comfort? Where do you turn to for rest? The doctors don't have the answers. Only God has the answer. And if you cry out to Him, He hears you when you cry out. That is an encouraging fact to know that God hears us. It's also an encouraging fact to know that God defends us. Look in our text. It says, The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. The phrase, the name, refers to the revealed character of God. And isn't it great to know that God has revealed himself to us? We, we don't have to wonder who God is. We don't have to wonder uh, what God expects from us and how we can relate to him and him to us. He has given us his word. He has revealed his character to us. And he tells us that he is a merciful, mighty God, a defender of the weak and the poor. He is one that will defend us if we admit our weakness, if we admit our poverty, if we admit that we have nothing left to give in our lives, he will defend us to the end. It's interesting that he refers to the name of the God of Jacob. 
Remember all the crazy stuff Jacob did? Tricked his brother out of his birthright and wrestled with God on that day? A lot of the stuff Jacob did, you would think, man, what a scoundrel. And I know I'm a 34-year-old guy, just use the phrase scoundrel. (laughs) You think about that. You think about all the wicked stuff that Jacob did. But yet, God still heard Jacob when he cried out. God will hear us when we cry out to him. It's an encouraging fact to know that God hears us and God defends us. But then also, when we pray, we we are encountered with this encouraging fact. But then also, we're encountered with with an energizing force. In verse number 2, he says, Send thee help from thy sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Strength. It's an energizing force. It, it tells us that, that when we are fighting these battles and we are going through troublesome times, that we can have strength. Why? Because we rely on God in these times. And he gives us strength to go through these battles. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Paul writes in Philippians 4.13, I can endure all things through Christ who what? Strengtheneth me. The Lord God gives us strength in our troubles. And when Paul wrote that verse in Philippians 4.13, he was sitting in a jail cell chained to a Philippian guard. Saying, I can endure this. I can get through a troublesome time such as jail. Why? Because I've got God on my side. And speaking about prayer, he, he also he, he says, Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice. Speaking to God, remember all the offerings, the burnt sacrifice. This would refer to the uh, sacrifices of the Old Testament uh, people of God. But, but when we think about offerings now, we are the New Testament people of God. And this still applies to me. And so when we would think about this particular verse, we'd be saying, Remember the offering." Said, what offering are you talking about? We don't sacrifice goats, and we don't sacrifice lambs anymore, and we don't uh, go to the uh, temple, the tabernacle, and go through all these ceremonial uh, things. What are you talking about? The sacrifice and the uh, the offerings. I'm talking about the sacrifice and the offering that the Lord Jesus Christ made on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago, when He came to this earth and died in our place for our sins of mankind. That's the offering. And we cry out to God on the basis of not anything that we have done, but of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. That is the offering. That is a sacrifice that makes us acceptable to God. For when he looks at us, he doesn't see some wicked, perverse sinner anymore. He sees his son or he sees his daughter. Why? Because we are the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Submission to God's will is found in verse number 4. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. Appeal to the sacrifice of Christ and, and say, Lord, I'm willing to accept anything that you do. That's submission. That's humility. 
As we look at these few verses of verses 1 through 4, we are encouraged that God hears us and defends us when we cry out to him. But then also we are energized when we think of the mercy that he has shown through Jesus Christ. Going through a troublesome time this evening. What do you do? First of all, you get down on your knees and you fall before God and you pray with everything that you've got. Then when you pray, do the second thing. Praise. Praise. Verse 5 through 6. He says, we will rejoice in thy salvation. In the name of our God, we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. He says, first of all, we will rejoice. It's interesting, isn't it? Here he is going through a troublesome time, and now he turns the phrase, he says, we will rejoice. Paul, writing from the Philippian jail, do a word study. The key word you find in Philippians, joy, or some uh, derivative of that word. Rejoicing, joy. Paul writes and he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The psalmist here says, we will rejoice in thy salvation. Notice, first of all, that this is future tense. They're still going through this troublesome time. They're still going through some hardness in their life. But he says, we will rejoice. The psalmist is looking at the circumstance that he is in, but through faith that he will overcome through Jesus Christ. So he is praising God. What is he praising God for? He says, we will rejoice in thy salvation. Now this, of course, I believe is speaking of a just a deliverance from this troublesome time. But what? let's take a step back from that, though, and say what could be more troublesome they come to face to face with your own mortality, knowing one day that you will die and stand before a holy God. And when you stand before that holy God, He will judge you in righteousness. Where will you go? What will be your destination? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Or, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I never knew you. Folks, if you're saved this morning or this evening, you've got something to rejoice about. You're saying, I'm going through this hard time. I'm going through through these troublesome times. What, what can I do? Let me ask you this. Are you saved? Yes. Then nothing you go through in this life uh, is uh, going to get you, uh, is going to be as worse as where you could have been going to. You could have been on your way to a devil's hell, but yet if you're in this life and you are saved, no matter what you go through, it will all be worth it in the end. 
when you see Jesus face to face. So he says, we will rejoice in thy salvation. And when he says thy salvation, we need to always remember that salvation is of the Lord. But then also a deliverance from troublesome times. The psalmist is saying, I'm going through faith that you're going to deliver me through this. And you may sit there and you may ask, so you're telling me that no matter what I go through, he's going to see me through? Yeah. But health issues, other situations, you may endure and suffer these things for a long time. But that deliverance will finally come when you breathe your last breath. And all the suffering and all the anguish and all the hardships will all be done away when you see Jesus Christ face to face. Praising for salvation. Salvation of your soul. Deliverance from troublesome times. Also praising for suffering. In verse number 6 he says, Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. This would be speaking of the king, but this is a also a prophecy of the Messiah that was to come. The anointed one. That's what Messiah means or Christ that means the anointed. It says, he, now I know I the now now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. And that's just what God did when Jesus Christ came in as as the the Messiah to save the world from their sins. He was placed on the cross, and he was suffering anguish. Died on the cross, placed in the tomb. The psalmist would write elsewhere. He did not suffer his Holy One to see corruption. The Messiah was delivered from death. And because we are in Christ, we too will be delivered from these circumstances. Through Christ's suffering came good. Jesus Christ died on the cross. We oftentimes look, how could somebody's death be good? In this case, it was good because it saved mankind from his sins. Good came from the suffering of Christ. And as in our situations, when we suffer, good can come of it. In the book of Romans chapter 8, We're reminded of these encouraging verses. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Paul says, and we know that all things, listen to this, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Over at verse number 35. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Praise God for the suffering that we go through. Because he is working it out to make it for our good. For his glory. Going through troublesome times. First of all pray. Second of all praise him. Then third. Pause. Pause. Just stop. And think about these things. Verse number seven. The psalmist reflects on the people around him. Those that don't know the Lord as Savior. So some trust in chariots and some in horses. Speaks of those that are relying on their military might or their nation to deliver them. To to see through their troublesome times. See, that's what we have in America today. Everywhere we turn, we've got people looking for the government to bail them out of trouble. I can't get a good enough job. The government needs to give me a check. I don't like what other people are saying. The government needs to silence these people. They look to the government for for help. And so the psalmist is contrasting he says some trust in chariots and some in horses some are they're trusting in their governmental powers he says but we will remember the name of the lord our god so pause a moment for those that have misplaced faith they misplaced their faith in material things they misplaced their faith in government and other rulers. Pause for a moment and say, but by the grace of God, that could be me. I'm going to put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pause a moment for those that are misguided foes. Verse number eight, they are brought down and fallen. Those that would come against the the people of God. He says they are brought down and fallen. They are uh, receiving their just rewards so to speak. They are getting what they deserve. He says but we are risen and stand upright. These are times of reflection. That these people that. That are fallen down and have been overtaken by God. They're brought down and fallen. He says, but we are risen and stand upright. 
That could have been us, but here we are. Pause a moment and reflect on those misguided foes. They've been misguided to believe that uh, material possessions is all they need. That deliverance can come through material things and earthly people. So pause and reflect on those people. And then pause and reflect on a merciful father. Verse 9, save Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. This kind of underlines these last few verses. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. They're brought down and fallen. What's the difference? Why were these people trusting in chariots? Why are they brought down and fallen? Because they had a misplaced faith. So we as Christians that go through troublesome times and we look for help from the Father, we look and we see that there is a merciful Father that if you cry out to Him, it doesn't matter who you are, where you've been or where you're going. If you cry out to Him, He delivers. He delivers in those troublesome, hard times. So what troublesome things are you going through? Think back and think and reflect. Am I going through a troublesome time? What do I need to do? Because if you're not going through a troublesome time, you will be. Let these words ring out. Psalm 20. You're going through a troublesome time. Pray. Pray and be encouraged that God hears you and will defend you. Pray and be energized that he'll send his Holy Spirit to to give you the power and the strength that you need to endure these times. But then also praise God. Praise God for the fact that you are saved and that he is seeing you through this uh, suffering that you're going through to shape you and mold you and make you a better person. And a more faithful servant. But then also pause and reflect on those that aren't doing these things. But they could be and pray for them. Pray for them to have misplaced their faith. That they'll place their faith in a merciful father that sent his son Jesus Christ to die for our sins. For all things work together for the good of them that love God. That's the catch. For the good of them that love God. And are they called according to his purpose. As we stand to our feet, we'll have our final hymn of invitation. However the Lord's dealt with you, may you respond according. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast. I hope you'll join us again next time with Rick Clark Ministries.